Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. Lord. All right. Uh, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Acts chapter 1. We're going to pray over a few needs at the close of the service this evening, so I'll be taking some prayer requests at the end of the service tonight. But if you will, turn to Acts chapter 1. And while you're turning to Acts chapter 1, let me just highlight a couple of um, announcements. Remember that Saturday, 8.30, is uh, the men's breakfast. And so all of our guys are invited to come out to the men's breakfast. Yeah, Harold? It's my birthday, because I'll be 60. On, on Saturday? All right, all right. Well, you come on out, Harold, and we'll celebrate your birthday, all right? 60 years old. That's wonderful, wonderful. All right, well, we'll look forward to that, Harold, okay? So all of our guys invited to a men's breakfast on Saturday, 830. I'd like for you to come and be there. Uh, we're going to be praying for our church. Got a, an announcement about uh, some things that we're going to be doing um, and uh, enlisting some men to help us with that. So, guys, if you'd come out. We'd appreciate that very much. Then, uh, coming up very, very soon in May, we've got May the 2nd is the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. The National Day of Prayer is always the first Thursday of May. And uh, so we always have the annual Mayor's Prayer Breakfast at Gospel Tabernacle on May on the first Thursday of May. And so that's at 7 o'clock at Gospel Tabernacle, May the 2nd. And uh, you know the drill by now that that event's very important to, to the city of Dunn, but it's important to Duma, the Dunn United Ministerial Association, because the funds that we raise, all of the money that is given for tickets to that event go to help support our benevolent ministries in the community. We've got a food pantry. You know about the food pantry. We also give weekly. We give financial grants to people in our community, folks in our community that need help with um, lights or heat or um, rent, that, those kind of things. And uh, so every week we're giving assistance to folks in our community and that's the, the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast is our number one fundraiser for uh, the benevolent side of our ministry. And so we appreciate your support in that. And as always, our church, Glad Times, I've purchased a block of tickets already. And so if you'd like to go to the, the mayor's prayer breakfast, you want a free breakfast on May the 2nd, um, then all you got to do is see me, and I've got some tickets I can give to you. So uh, if you'd like a ticket uh, to the mayor's prayer breakfast, May the 2nd, 7 o'clock over at Gospel Tabernacle, see me, and I've got some tickets I can give to you uh, for, for that. All right? So remember that. And then uh, also coming up <clears throat> on May the 4th is our Ladies Alive Voyage Conference. And so that's very close now. Ladies, I hope that the ladies that are here, you've already registered for that. If you have not registered, still not too late to go on our website, click on the link there and register. Or if you need help registering, you can see one of our ladies and they can help you make sure that you get registered. And tell your friends about it uh, over the next several days, encourage them to come to attend as well. Kay Burnett's going to be here with us, looking forward to having her. And uh, so we want you to talk it up and promote it and help us uh, have a good crowd here for the Ladies Alive Voyage Conference. All right, so if you're going to help us do that, say amen. 
All right. That was a little bit weak, but it was okay because <laughs> I know it's, it's Wednesday night. All right, Acts chapter 1. Tonight I'm gonna, I want to read a few verses from Acts chapter 1, and uh, I want to introduce. I'm not, uh, I don't anticipate I'm going to speak very long tonight because what I want to do from Acts chapter 1 is I want to introduce what we are going to study over the next few weeks. Okay, so tonight's kind of an introduction of the things that we're going to be studying over the next 40 to 50 days in between Easter and, and Pentecost, okay? Uh, so you, you probably know that just prior to his crucifixion, Jesus had warned his disciples. This is in John, I think it's chapter 16. Jesus warned his disciples that he was going to be taken away from them, that he was going to be leaving uh, them. So he warned them about that. And actually, this is what he said. He said, um, in a little while, you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, and you will see me. So when the disciples questioned Jesus about what he, what he meant by that, Jesus explained, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and you will lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. And so although they didn't quite understand um, what Jesus was doing, Jesus was preparing his disciples for his, his death, his crucifixion, and for his burial, but then for his eventual resurrection. He said, in a little while, you'll see me no longer. In other words, uh, I'm going to be arrested and I'm going to be crucified. They're going to put me in a tomb and you'll see me no longer. But then again in a little while and you'll see me again and you will rejoice. So he is preparing them for his, his uh, crucifixion, his death, his burial, and then his eventual resurrection again. And indeed, the disciples did. They, they wept and they lamented when Jesus was crucified and the world rejoiced uh, because they thought that they had killed uh, Jesus Christ. However, three days later, we know that their, their sorrow, the, the disciples' sorrow, three days later, was turned to joy when Jesus rose from the dead. And that's what we've just celebrated on Easter Sunday was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? And how many are still celebrating and rejoicing the resurrection of Jesus Christ? So that's what we celebrated on resurrection uh, on, on uh, Easter Sunday was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was preparing his disciples for his death, his burial, his eventual resurrection, but also, and, and maybe more importantly, Jesus was also preparing his disciples for his ascension, for his return back uh, to heaven. And how many knows, after all, that was God's plan all along, was that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, sent him for the purpose of dying on the cross, paying the price, paying the penalty uh, for our sins. And so after Jesus completed what he had come to earth to accomplish, he would return to heaven, and he promised that when he returned to heaven, he would send the Holy Spirit so that every believer, not just those disciples that were immediately around him, but so that every believer in every age 
could enjoy the perpetual presence of Jesus Christ and the power that is necessary to be Christ's witnesses. Remember, Jesus said, it's beneficial for you if I go away. It's good for you if I go away. Because if I go, I'll send the comforter to you. And I'll send the helper to you. And when he comes, he'll do these things, right? And so we'll maybe talk about some of the things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to come and help them uh, to do. So Jesus said, it's important for me that after I accomplish what I have come to do, that I go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit to you. So having finished his work on the cross, now Jesus was bound to return to heaven after his resurrection. After he was raised from the dead on Easter uh, Sunday, um, his sight now was on returning to the Father, ascending back to heaven to be uh, with the Father. Nevertheless, the Bible says that he remained with his disciples after the resurrection. He remained with his disciples for 40 days. So after he was raised from the dead, after the resurrection, he remained with his disciples 40 days. And those 40 days... Were, were very important days that Jesus spent with his disciples. But, but ironically, there's not a whole lot recorded about those 40 days, uh, what Jesus actually did, what he actually taught during those 40 years, um, which is why we don't, we don't usually refer a whole lot to that 40 days of ministry of Jesus on earth after his resurrection, prior to his ascension. Uh, but Jesus was actually very busy during those 40 days after his, after his resurrection. And so what we're going to be talking about over the next, um, over the next 40 days, actually probably like the more, more, more like 50 days, we're going to be talking about some of the things that Jesus talked about and did during those 40 days. And so... Uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 are, are actually the only direct reference to those 40 days, that 40-day period in which Jesus remained with his disciples. And so I want to read Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then make a few points uh, before we wrap up tonight, all right? So uh, Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said... You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Luke, who is the author of Acts, indicates that Jesus was busy during this 40-day period after his resurrection, prior to his ascension. And what was he busy doing? He was busy Appearing to his disciples. He made, made multiple appearances uh, to his disciples. Now, I want to point out three things 
about the appearances that Jesus made, about these appearances that Jesus made to his disciples during these 40 days, all right? Number one, there were a lot of appearances that Jesus made during this 40-day period. Depending on how you reconcile, and we'll probably get into this more of this next couple of weeks, uh, but depending on how you reconcile the various gospel accounts of Jesus's post-resurrection appearances. Um, so depending on how you reconcile those, there's at least nine different appearances that Jesus makes after his resurrection. So let me go through them briefly. First of all, uh, and again, it depends on how you rank them, which was first, which was second. But anyway, let me just go through some of them. Number one, uh, the women at the tomb. Remember, there was Joanna and there was Mary, and Mary and Salome showed up at the temple to anoint the body of Jesus. And so the first appearance, some will say the, the one that I'm going to say second was the first one. But anyway, first appearance was Jesus to the women at the tomb. And remember, he told the women, go and tell my disciples that I'm raised from the dead, and then I'll go before them into, into Galilee. So the women, uh, multiple women at the tomb. Number two is Mary Magdalene. Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene at the tomb. And remember, she originally thought he was uh, the gardener, and then he revealed himself to her, and uh, she realized it was Jesus. We talked about that. Uh, Sunday morning, Glenda, a little bit. So there's Mary Magdalene, number two. Number three, he appeared to Simon Peter by himself, apparently, at some point, uh, because the Bible records that Jesus met with Simon. And so he appeared to Simon Peter sometime, sometime before the fourth appearance, because the fourth appearance actually references that he had already appeared to Peter. So we don't have a a detailed record of Jesus' appearance to Simon, just to Simon Peter. Uh, but the fourth appearance records that he had already appeared uh, to Peter. The fourth appearance is Jesus appears to do two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember, they're on their way to Emmaus and Jesus appears and they have a conversation and they are kept from recognizing Jesus until the very end when he breaks bread with them and then their eyes are open and they realize that it's Jesus. And one of the disciples' name is, what is it, Clopas? And so they rush back to Jerusalem. They meet with the disciples and they say, hey, we have, we've just seen Jesus. And, and it's at that meeting that the disciples say, yeah, and he's appeared to Simon also. So he had already appeared to Peter at some point prior to this appearance on the Emmaus Road. So that's number four. Number five, he appears to disciples, the disciples as a group. Remember, this time without Thomas, he, he appears to uh, the disciples, and Thomas is not there. Then number six, the sixth appearance that the Gospels record is that he appears again to the disciples, this time with Thomas present. And he invites Thomas, you know, put your hands in the, the nail prints of my hands and my side. So he appears, that's number six. Number seven, he appears to the disciples, or at least seven of the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. Remember, that's when, when Peter is restored again. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And they eat breakfast on the, on the beach there. And so he appears to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And then appearance number eight in the Gospels is when he appears to them on a mountain in Galilee. And he gives to them the great commission. 
And he tells them, now you go into all of the world, make disciples. And so that's the eighth recorded appearance of Jesus in the Gospels. And then the ninth recorded appearance is the ascension, when Jesus actually does ascend back uh, to heaven. So there's nine recorded appearances of Jesus in, in the Gospels. And then to those nine appearances, Paul actually adds three, maybe four uh, other appearances that were known of and that were on record. In fact, if you have your Bibles, hold on to Acts chapter 1 because we may be coming back to Acts chapter 1. But take your Bibles and turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3, For I delivered to you of as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Simon, Peter, right? So we've talked about that one. And then to the 12, he appeared to the disciples, verse 6. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And so Paul adds this one. This one's not necessarily referenced in the Gospels, but Paul says uh, that it was a part of tradition, oral tradition, that Jesus had appeared to over 500 people at one time. And so that's a, that's a separate appearance that's not mentioned um, in the Gospels. Uh, then verse number seven, then he appeared to James. That is also an individual appearance that Jesus appears to that's his brother, James. Um, he appears to James. That's not referenced in, specifically referenced in the Gospels. And then to all of the apostles. And that's kind of a questionable whether he's referencing the fact that he appeared again to the, the disciples or is this a different group of apostles or disciples that he, he appeared to. And then, of course, in verse number 8, and the last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So that last appearance when Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ, appeared to Paul, that obviously that occurred after the ascension. But what we have here in the Bible is on at least 12 separate occasions, Jesus appeared to uh, his disciples, to an individual, to a group of individuals during those 40 days. And so that's 12 separate appearances, at least 12. Uh, separate appearances in, in 40 days, and those are just the recorded ones. There are probably other appearances as well. And so my point is that Jesus, Jesus was a busy man for 40 days doing what? Appearing to his disciples and appearing to separate individuals in separate situations, making appearances uh, to people. So Jesus was busy for 40 days appearing. There were many, many different appearances that Jesus made during these, during these 40 days. Second point I want to make about these appearances. So there's a lot of them. There's a lot of these appearances. Second point about these appearances is that these were more than just mere appearances. We use the word appearance and that's it's almost like 
a sighting, right? Oh, I, I saw him. But the reality is, is that these are more than just sightings. These are more than just Jesus sightings. These are, these are actually appearances in which Jesus spends time with his disciples. So Jesus was not a, Jesus was not a ghost. He was not an apparition that just passed through and, and people said, oh, I think I saw Jesus just pass by over there. How I many knows Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he was bodily raised from the dead, flesh and bones, amen? And so these appearances are not apparitions. They're not just sightings of Jesus. In fact, now flip back over to Acts chapter 1. In fact, in each one of these appearances, I want to uh, draw your attention to a word that Luke uses in verse number 4. So Jesus remained with his disciples for 40 days speaking to them about the kingdom of God. And verse number 4 says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from uh, Jerusalem. Now you may have, I don't know what version you might be using, but you may have um, a footnote there that says, and while staying with them, a variant reading actually says, and while eating with them. I, I think one um, uh, version in particular says, on one occasion while eating with them. But it, it actually says, and while eating with them, or while staying with them. That the, the, the point is that that word, staying or eating, it means, it means that he was dwelling with them. He was remaining with them. So he wasn't just, Jesus wasn't just popping in and popping out from his disciples. Like I said, he wasn't just making an appearance, flashing, showing up, an apparition, and then going away. He was spending time with his disciples. He was, he was gathering with them. He was fellowshipping with them. And when we, as Assembly of God people, when we say, hey, let's have some fellowship, what do we mean? We usually mean, hey, let's have lunch together. Let's, let's get some food and let's, you know, eat together. Well, that's biblical, folks, because that's what that word means. It means uh, let's fellowship together. Jesus was fellowshipping with his disciples. He was breaking bread with them. He was eating with them. He was having dinner with them. He was in their houses, and, and they were spending time together. So the point is, again, that Jesus didn't just pop in and pop out. He didn't just come and go. He was dwelling with them. He was spending time with them. They were continually in his presence. So it wasn't uh, these post-resurrection appearances of Jesus weren't like, weren't like Bigfoot sightings where you say, oh, I think I, think I saw him over there. That, I think that was Jesus. It wasn't that sort of thing. It was Jesus spending time with his disciples. He dwelt with them, and during those 40 days, those 40 days were filled with interaction and instruction with, with his disciples, which leads me to the third point that I want to make about these appearances. So there, there was a lot of them. They were more than just mere appearances. He was spending time dwelling with them in their midst. And then number three, these appearances had a purpose. They served an important purpose um, for Jesus with his disciples. In fact, three purposes to be precise. During those 40 days, Jesus wanted to impart important information to his disciples. It was, 
He spent 40 days with him, not just because he was like on layover, right? And so, you know, the next, the next opportunity for him to go to heaven was 40 days from now. No, he spent 40 days with them because during those 40 days, he had important information to impart to his disciples. And so he was busy instructing them during, during these 40 days. And, and there were three things that Jesus wanted to impart to his disciples during these 40 days. Number one, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 tells us the first thing that he wanted to impart to his disciples was he wanted to impart proof of his resurrection. Proof of it, that he was raised from the dead. So that every disciple, each disciple was convinced that, like I said, it wasn't that they thought, maybe I had seen Jesus. I think I spotted him. That might have been, no. He spent time with them because he wanted to prove that he was raised from the dead bodily. That's why he came back for Thomas, right? When Thomas wasn't there the first time, he came back the second time and said, hey, Thomas, I want to give you an opportunity. You said you won't believe unless you touch the nail prints in my hands and put your hand in my side. So, hey, Thomas, here I am, man. Touch and see that this is flesh and blood. And so the point that the thing, the first thing that Jesus wanted to impart to his disciples during that 40 days was he wanted to prove his, his resurrection to them. Now, why is that so important? But it's important because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which we'll read later as we, as we go through this, Paul says, if, if we don't believe the resurrection, then we're of all people, what? To be pitied. We're hopeless. We're helpless. If the resurrection never happened, then everything that we believe, everything that we preach, all of it's meaningless if the resurrection isn't, isn't true. And so Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples because he wanted them to be absolutely convinced to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was raised from the dead. Amen? So he spent that time with them, giving them many convincing proofs of his, of his resurrection. Now, there's a lot of people that today that don't believe Jesus was raised uh, from the dead. How many believe it's important for us as Christians to know that we know that we know that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? Amen? And so what we're going to do over the next 40 days or so, we're going to spend part of that time talking about uh, the proof, the historical proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ because I believe it's important for us to be convinced and to know that Jesus was, that this is not just something that we were taught and handed down and that it's a fictional thing, though it's important that we know that we have a reliable faith or faith in a reliable, um, the reliable witness that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Amen? So we're going to spend some time talking about the proof of Jesus' uh, resurrection. So, um, number two, the second thing that Jesus wanted to impart to his disciples during this 40-day period was he wanted to impart a proficiency with the gospel. He wanted them to understand the gospel. He, he wanted them to know about the kingdom of God. Uh, why? Why was that so important? It's because they were apostles now. They were his witnesses. 
And so they were going to go and they were going to preach the gospel to all people, all mankind. And so he had to know that they knew the gospel. And so he wanted them to be proficient with the gospel. And so Acts chapter 1 verses uh, 1 through 5 say that. He spent time giving them many convincing proofs of his resurrection and then talking to them, explaining to them uh, about the kingdom of God. He did that on the road to Emmaus, didn't he? When he was walking uh, on the road to Emmaus and the disciples were talking about that Jesus had been crucified and buried. And then the Bible says that Jesus began to explain to them, opened up the scripture to them and explain why it was necessary for the Messiah to die and to be buried and to be raised again. And so he opened their eyes so that they understood from the scripture the, the gospel. And so Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples imparting to them not only proof of his resurrection, but imparting to them proficiency with the gospel so that they would understand the gospel, so that they could then communicate the gospel to others, so that they could be effective witnesses for Jesus Christ. And so we're going to spend some time over the next several days or the next several weeks also becoming proficient with the gospel, uh, being able to make sure that we understand the basics about the gospel so that we can be effective witnesses for Jesus Christ so that if and when we have the opportunity to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ, uh, we were able to lead them to faith in Jesus Christ, explain the gospel to them, and to be able to pray with them so that they can receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior as well. So Jesus wanted to impart proof of his resurrection. Jesus wanted to impart to his disciples, he wanted to impart proficiency with the gospel. So he spent time telling them, explaining to them about the kingdom of God. And then number three, the third thing that Jesus wanted to impart to his disciples during this 40-day period was he wanted to impart, impart to them the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so he said to them, um, he commanded, that Acts chapter 1 says, he commanded them, don't depart, don't leave Jerusalem until the promise of the Father, until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, on, on more than just the one occasion, he emphasized to them the importance of waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're, hopefully we're good Pentecostals, and so we understand what's the importance of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be what? Then you will be my witnesses in all of the world. And so the power of the Holy Spirit was absolutely essential to the mission that they had to be witnesses for, for Jesus Christ. And so these 40 days that Jesus spent with his disciples were extremely important. It, like I said, it wasn't just coincidental. It wasn't just vacation time or layover time. Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples. He, and, and, and during those 40 days, he invested his time 
with those disciples after his resurrection, proving his resurrection, explaining the gospel, explaining the kingdom of God, giving them the promise of the Holy Spirit. And and these things were uh, extremely important because they were going to be his witnesses. And so he invested this time with them so that they could be effective witnesses after, after he ascended back to the Father. And so for the same reason, we're going to take the next 40 days or so and, and we're going we're to try to follow kind of that same agenda, if that's all right. Because if it was important enough that Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples saying, look, it's important that you know these things, that you understand these things. How many believe it's important for us to take 40 days and, and remind ourselves of these things? And so we're going to take 40 days and, and we're going to prove the resurrection. And so I'm going to spend a little bit of time, maybe the next week, two weeks maybe, uh, on Wednesday nights. And we're going to talk about um, historical proof for, for the resurrection. So that somebody asks you how, do you, how do you know that Jesus was raised from the dead? Again, how, is, how important is it that you know that Jesus is raised from the dead? It's supremely important. It, it is of utmost importance that you know that Jesus was raised uh, from the dead. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to look at um, uh, what is called the minimal facts approach uh, to the resurrection. How you can talk with anybody. They don't have to be a Christian. They don't even necessarily have to believe. Listen, they don't even necessarily have to believe in the inspiration of the Bible. But you can talk with them uh, with some minimal facts, historical facts, and, and lead them to um, maybe not a conviction, but lead them to a conclusion that it's reasonable to believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Now, for us, it, it's an important article of faith. It is faith. Um, but it is a reasonable faith. <laughs> there is reasonable evidence, historical evidence that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And so we'll take a couple of weeks and we're going we're gonna to look at some of that data, some of that information. So that's for the next couple of weeks. And, and then we're going to take just a, a brief break on, I think that'll lead us to May 15th. Uh, and then on May 15th, we're going to do something special on May 15th. May 19th is when we're going to have our celebration for 75 years. So the Joymaker is going to be singing. We're going to have some pictures, some videos, slideshows, and um, dinner on the grounds. So on the 19th, that's a Sunday. We're going to have that celebration here. But here's what we're going to do on the 15th, all right, because I know some of you are interested in the time capsule that's buried out here uh, that's supposed to be dug up in 2019, okay? So what we're going to do on the 15th, weather permitting, is we're going to dig up the time capsule on the 15th, all right? I don't want to do that on a Sunday morning because there's just too many variables. Uh, So if it's raining on that Sunday morning, we don't want to get out there and try to dig up a capsule on Sunday morning, the 19th. And then on the 19th, we want to have it already dug up and and have everything out. And, you know, we don't know what kind of condition the stuff's going to be in. So anyway, so all I'm saying on the 15th, that's a Wednesday night. We're going to have a fellowship. We're just going to get out there. We'll have some lemonade, maybe some ice cream, some fellowship time. And um, 
and y'all bring your shovels, all right? We'll take some turns. No, I don't, I don't know how we're going to do that. But we'll, we'll dig up the time capsule on the 15th so that we're ready uh, to display it or whatever we need to do on the 19th, all right? So we'll take a little bit of break on the 15th. Then after the 15th, we'll come back in, and on Wednesday nights, um, then we'll, we'll talk about the other ones. We'll, we'll talk about proficiency with the gospel. We'll talk about, and some of this stuff might be elementary to you, but again, it's important that we remind ourselves of these things. We'll talk about the gospel, what a basic explanation of, so that you can explain to somebody what the gospel is and, and that you can lead them to Jesus. Remember, we talked about that on a Sunday morning not too long ago, that it's important that we all know how to lead somebody to Jesus Christ, how to explain the gospel uh, to them. And so we'll, we'll take a week or so maybe and uh, become proficient with the gospel. <clears throat> and then uh, another couple of weeks as we're approaching Pentecost, because there's 50 days between Easter and Pentecost, Jesus was with his disciples for 40 of those days. And then for 10 days, they were praying and waiting in the upper room for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to take the, the last part of that 40 days and extend maybe into 50 days. And we're going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, what that means and what the promise is for. And, and we'll be praying for that and expecting, uh, expecting God to, to do that in our life. So I think, so that's kind of the uh, agenda for the next 50 days or so, several weeks on Wednesday nights. We're going to prove the resurrection. We're going to become proficient with the gospel. And we're going to anticipate the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because, listen, the task is still the same. The commission that the disciples, original disciples received, how many knows it's still in effect for us today? Go into all the world and make disciples. And Sunday... Um, our sanctuary choir, didn't they do such a fantastic job on Sunday with that, with that musical? Just a wonderful, wonderful uh, musical. And the title of that musical was what? We Are Witnesses. And friends, that's what we are. We are witnesses. And, and if we want to be effective witnesses, then, then we need to spend some time with Jesus Christ and receive from him the same things that his disciples received from him, that, that, that we would know that we would be convinced of the resurrection, that we serve a risen Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ, amen, that, that we would become proficient with the gospel, that we would be ready, as Peter says, ready at any time, to give an explanation for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ, that when you're called upon, that you would be prepared to give the reason for your hope in Jesus Christ, and that each and every one of us would be filled with the Holy Spirit, and not just um, baptized uh, at some time in our past, but how many know that the Bible says that we should be filled and refilled and continually keep on being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's not, a, it's not a once and for all experience, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It is a continual experience of the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. And we need that experience to be renewed in us. Each 
and every day. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.